0: Okay, what's happening, everybody? My next guest was actually awarded the Cosmic Sister Emerging Voice Award for her outstanding work covering the psychedelic renaissance. She's also been featured in Playboy, Rolling Stone, High Times, Double Blind Mag, and Psychedelics Today. You won't want to miss this one because we're going to talk about psychedelics and fitness. Five, four, three, two, three. Let me first start out by saying thank you to Podcast Powertrain for helping produce my show. These are the guys you need behind you if you're looking to start your podcast. Also, I'd like to thank... Powered by Riverside FM. That's right. Our show is powered by Riverside FM, one of the best platforms to actually have a podcast on. So I'm going to have some links at the end of the show or in the show notes. Check them out. These are the two people that you need to get, get with to make your podcast top 100. Good Dudes Grow 2.0. On the Good Dudes Grow 2.0, we're here to let you know the importance of plant-based medicine and psychedelics on mental and physical health. We're bringing you stories of how these medicines have changed lives and can save lives. We want to teach you the healing power of plant-based medicine. This is the Good Dudes Grow 2.0. Welcome everybody to Good News Grow 2.0. I am excited today. Uh, it's a great day. It's after Thanksgiving, so not only am I stuffed like a, a piñata, but I have a great guest on my show. I have Michelle Denikin. She's a journalist and author of *A Phylum Mushroom Companion* and *The Down to Earth Guide to the* that details everything you need to know about magic mushrooms safely and mindfully. Michelle actively covers psychedelics and cannabis education, harm reduction and research in her work, which has been published in Playboy, Rolling Stone, High Times, Double Blind magazine, Psychedelics Today and others. She's passionate about the healing potential of psychedelic plants and substances and the legalization and destigmatization of all drugs as we are all once we start learning what these drugs can actually do. I hate to call them drugs. I usually just call them like plant medicine because as soon as you use the word drugs, everybody starts freaking out. But Michelle, thank you for coming to my show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
0: So I ask everybody, the show basically is about is the same thing that you do. We educate people. I'm a first responders. Uh, I'm trying to get first responders access to cannabis and plant based medicine because I think we need it just like athletes do. But I ask everybody in the beginning, give us a little background on how you got started in the cannabis psychedelic industry, and how do you start writing about it?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a great question. So not super surprising. I got into this field because I am an active user, <laughs> you know, I've been smoking weed. I'm actually like not I don't really care about using, you know, the language drugs, weed. I kind of trying to take it back maybe, but I've been, <laughs> you know, smoking weed since I was a teenager, using mushrooms and LSD, MDMA as well. I'm now in my 30s. Um and but in my mid-20s when I was trying to form my career Uh, I started writing about cannabis. There was a lot of interest. This was back when it was like only becoming legal in Colorado and California. It was medicinal um, and was kind of at the forefront of like this cannabis psychedelics media industry, uh, trying to educate people really like my goal in all of this was to change the narrative about psychedelics and cannabis and all drugs all substances whatever you want to call them to really try to destigmatize it to not make it this like horrible taboo thing that you have to hide from everyone and then you end up doing dangerous sketchy stuff or whatever like to really bring it into the light show people you know both the good and the bad and um, why it shouldn't be this like weird little corner of society, why it can really be part of our culture more generally.
0: Right. I agree 100 percent. And I don't like you. I think in your past you had a when you were experimenting or when you were using cannabis, you had you had a, a friend pass away. And that's kind of like propelled you into like a different direction and currently what in the direction you are you're into now. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, that is true. Um, Around the same time that I was starting my career and I also left the U.S., I had a really close friend die from an overdose who I used to use with. And it really screwed me up. You know, I kind of feel like I have survivor's guilt, like opioid epidemic (laughs) survivor's guilt. But so that's part of my mission as well, a little more personal part of it. Um, yeah, for sure. I can tell.
0: I, I I know how exactly you're feeling. I I lost my daughter to actually an opiate overdose, and that's how I got involved with with cannabis and everything else. So I started researching it to try and help her get off opiates. And before I could actually get everything going, like you said before, it was legalized in the southeast here in Florida. She ended up passing away from an overdose. So it led me into learning more about it and then how I could bring it out and information to more and more people. And then I realized what else it can do. And then I realized it'll help first responders. So I created this show to where a lot of people shut doors on me. And I said, well, if they're going to shut the doors, let's just put it on the air. And if you want to listen, you can listen and bring all types of stories in to show the benefits of it. But what is the biggest thing that you found educating people? What what miss do you feel like you have to overcome the most about people when you start saying cannabis or psychedelics you start talking about about this type of stuff
1: there's so many right (laughs) and also just thank you for sharing that story i had no idea and um that's you know i'm sorry but also i'm really glad you were able to turn it around into this whole thing so that's really beautiful thank you um gosh you know so i guess that it's like coming phases too as culture is kind of changing with drugs. Cause I've been doing this for the past like seven years, not even that long compared to some of the other older heads <laughs> too. But so at first, you know, I, I had this sense when I would tell people what I do that I had to act like totally normal and mainstream and friendly and not stoned because they would think I'm like on drugs and this crazy person or whatever. And that's kind of shifted as like CBD became this like mainstream kind of national thing that anyone could access even as, you know, I'm also from the East Coast. Like we're still kind of waiting for weed to be accessible in the places that I've grown up. Um So it went from this kind of like, you know, trying to prove myself that this is a suitable medicine and pastime, that it's not that dangerous, that it's like, you know, it's not, it's different than alcohol, but in an even safer way, like if you're going to get all up in arms, like let's get up in arms about alcohol actually, right? And like all these things. And then, you know, I wrote this book on mushrooms and mushrooms became really popular around the same time. And I kind of feel like I'm in this new boat where I have to kind of like, uh, there's a lot of excitement about psychedelics and I'm also very excited. However, I, I do kind of feel like I've become like a wet blanket. Sometimes people are very excited and, you know, we throw around these things like cure all and, and that psychedelics are going to be the answer to the depression epidemic, the addiction epidemic. And I do think they have a role and they can help and they've helped me and so many people. But I do feel like my new job is kind of changing the narrative around how, especially mushrooms and psychedelics help people because it's not the same, as the systems we have in place, it's very different. It can be confusing. It's not a like you take mushrooms and you're better. I think you take mushrooms and a lot of things come up and you have to deal with them. And that's hard. And that's not a path that everyone wants to choose when they realize that their life, that something's wrong, that they're depressed or they're addicted or whatever. They want to go to a doctor and they want the doctor to fix it. And I think what mushrooms have shown me is that I... And responsible for fixing it. And it's a lot of freaking hard work, but it's also really beautiful work and it's worth it. And the mushrooms make it worth it. And the changes I've made in my life and, and now how I feel, it's been worth it. But it's just been really difficult. And I do like to try to inform people of that. And it can be really complicated. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, just, I agree with you. And the more research I've done, I've completely... I've noticed that and I've talked to several doctors and I've been on several psychedelic forums and, I, and I've talked to the, the people from MAPS. I've talked to people from the Canadian Psychedelic Association and I've noticed there's a lot of do's and don'ts. And I, and I tell people, listen, like you said, it's not a cure-all. It's not one of those things Well, if you're deficient in vitamin D, you're going to take a vitamin D and you're no longer <laughs> deficient. It, it doesn't work that way. It's more – and you can give me your, your own opinion of it, but it's more of a – you're given a MAP. Basically, you're given a navigation system when you take psilocybin or something, but you still need the little guidance person on the navigation saying, "Turn here, turn left" to help you through that map that you learn. Because if you're really not ready to actually confront some of the things that you think you have issues with, with it may not be the best of ideas to actually start right away with some sort of psychedelic. Am I wrong? Am I way off base? Close.
1: No, I think that's definitely the narrative that those mainstream places you just mentioned, like maps are trying to portray. Now, I don't 100 percent agree, but I think that you're right that it's a map. Whether or not you need some kind of guide, I think, depends on the individual. I think a lot of folks, I think what mushrooms have taught me is that I have all the answers. Sometimes I don't want to look at them and they're hard to see, but I don't personally use any kind of guide or shaman or therapist in this work. I'm doing it on my own and it's it's working. It's slow. I don't know if using some kind of trip sitter would make it faster because what do they really know about my life and my problems? I could tell them in therapy for years, but I actually can't afford that. (laughs) And I've done therapy as a teen and... I don't know if it's really for me, what, but what I am learning with mushrooms is that they, they do bring a lot of stuff up and you can view it as a map. People make all kinds of stories to make sense of it. Um, and it can be really hard. Some people do need guidance. I have my friends and family to talk about this stuff with and things like that. But. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> it is,
0: like that was the whole point. I didn't want people to think that, okay, so we're going to legalize uh, LSD magic mushrooms and MDMA and ecstasy. Now you can go out to the corner store, buy it. And next thing you know, you're cured of everything. That's really not how the stuff works. It's going to recreate, it, it's going to recreate those events that sometimes your body wanted to forget. And it's going to bring them back to the forefront. Like you said, we're going to have to learn to deal with those. And sometimes the hidden stuff like With the death of my daughter or some of the trauma I've seen as a firefighter, you know, we may not want to relive those things. So if you're going to do this type of thing, I imagine you've got to be prepared for that stuff to come up.
1: Yeah. And that's why I wrote the book, because I really don't believe that the average person who is going to start experimenting or re-experimenting with psychedelics is going to go to some kind of guide or go to a clinical trial. Yes, there are people doing that, but that's actually a very small minority, if we're being honest. Like when mushrooms are in style again, because friends are finding them for each other, they're forging them, they're growing them, they're buying them from their weed dealer, right. like for being honest, and they're trying it again. And yes, your traumas can come back up. But that's not even exactly what I mean. Like that's definitely a part of it, especially if you've been, Severely traumatized, like death, or you're a first responder, you're in 9 11, you're in war, like something like that. But I think the rest of us, we have a lot of small traumas. We have a lot of little things that we do, little routines and rituals, ways we think about things that are actually harming us. And I think what mushrooms and LSD and MDMA do for me when I take them with the intention to you know, be, look at myself and have it be this kind of therapeutic thing. Sometimes that isn't my intention. Um, then when I I can see things about myself that are sometimes kind of ugly or not how I actually view myself every day, or at least are causing me a lot of pain. Like, oh my God, I waste so much energy on, X, Y, and Z, like being anxious about this particular thing or whatever. And then the hard part is like, when I come back to my everyday life, I'm like, okay, I saw that was a big problem that's holding me back. But like, what do you do about it? How do I change it? And that can be tricky and that can take years. You know, you can like start little new routines and things or try to stop yourself from thinking in those old, more harmful kind of self-destructive ways. But it takes it kind of takes like an active choice to do that every day. Right. And that's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of energy, but it's worth it. It's healing, I think, in this new way. It's more healing your whole life than healing your diagnosis of depression. Right. You know, exactly.
0: And that's the cool thing, because everybody that I've talked to who's actually used it say the same thing. It's tough. But in the end, it's all worth it, and, and that's like everything. It's kind of like we're gonna. This is gonna lead us into our next thing. It's kind of like working out. It's it's tough, but the end results are exactly worth worth it. And like we were talking about psychedelics, we're not only talking about psychedelics that can actually help with traumas and depression, PTSD. You wrote an article in Playboy magazine that caught my eye because I'm also a fitness fanatic, been working out since I was 14. But can microdosing uh psychedelics can it increase athletic performance and the article kind of blew my mind and what did you find during the research for that article
1: you know i had been thinking about this topic for a long time before i like pitched the story and got the assignment because i did have folks telling me this like all the time and it kind of felt like oh, that's cool. But like, I got all this bigger trauma, all these bigger issues to tackle. But when I finally got the chance and got enough evidence to write the piece, like it's really fascinating. Like, so first of all, there's microdosing, right? And so there are folks taking really small amounts of psychedelics where you barely feel it, but you feel like slight enhancements in your day. And you've had other podcasts about this, right? But and a lot of people do that with intention, like for depression, anxiety, to be a better parent. There's so many cool intentions to be a better artist, like whatever. And then I heard of all these athletes and they're not even like some are professional athletes or now coaches, but some are just regular people that work out and run and are marathon runners, skiers, things like that, who are still microdosing on days that they're doing like hour long, three hour long workouts. And they're. Just, And they're also like really obsessed with their, you know, routine. So they're like keeping track of their stats. They have like Google Sheets and they're finding on the days that they microdose that their stats are higher. And they're like, what the heck (laughs) is this? And so I think it's a few things like the article goes into them. But one of them is like psychedelics and microdosing in general, higher doses definitely lower your boundaries. Right? right. And that can be fun with your friends. It can be a little dangerous if you're not thinking about things super clearly in public, <laughs> or something. but it can also be like in a micro dose. It's like you have a little bit less fear and then you can like, just push yourself that few extra inches or that few extra like kilometers or whatever you're doing. And, and it's successful. And then you're able to even like, kind of like once you've done it once, kind of access that space again is one of the interesting things that my sources were telling me, and that you know we've heard this from uh, cannabis, right? And and there's this idea of runner's high too, um, but people take cannabis and they stop thinking about the pain before they run and they go on much longer runs and it's a lot less stressful. And I think there's a very similar thing happening with microdoses. It's a different experience than like smoking a joint and going for a run. I think you feel that more even than a microdose is very subtle And it just helps people go a little farther, stay out a little longer, not be in their head about how much pain and like suffering it is and kind of being in the moment, even enjoying it a little more. Right.
0: And that's what I saw in the article. It was cool because like you just said, they can re uh how did you say it they can reattach themselves to what they felt when they were microdosing what i'm so what i mean is that they don't go to microdose every day so the day they don't microdose they can still reach back to the same feeling that they had when they were microdosing so it's not like something they're doing every day even though microdosing is kind of like a a short period and a couple little period off is that there's an on off period correct
1: Yeah. A lot of people do. A lot of people are taking it a little longer. There's a lot of different recommendations, but yeah, that's the cool thing about microdosing is like for anything you're using it for on the day of, you feel pretty good and you're like, Oh, I can handle my stuff. (laughs) And then, and then, and then if you take like one or two days off, they're often still pretty good. It's not like you forget. It's not like a blackout drinking and you're like, what happened last night? It's like, no, it's part of your day and it's part of your life and you don't forget it. It's harder to access sometimes without it and you look forward to it perhaps, but it's still, you realize that you are capable. I think that's one of the big things bigger doses have taught me when I feel very stuck and anxious and like I'm never going to accomplish anything is that, like, oh, no, it's all there. I just have trouble seeing it because I get stuck in, like, the my own ruts of my own mind. Um, and I think microdosing is very similar. That,
0: that's that's awesome. And the cool thing that I realized about the microdosing, and, and like you said, is when you talk to people, it's funny because I get the same attitude when I talk to people. Because, yeah, we're am talking to some people who are going to do psychedelics, or looking at making an LSD pre-workout. And as soon as you say LSD pre-workout, everybody looks at you and goes, you're, doing, you're what? <laughs> Is it? No, it's not like the same thing you are slipping underneath your tongue back in the 60s. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about the little bit of microdosing will actually help you have better workouts, longer workouts, like you said, not worry about the pain, not worry about where you are and actually be able to go further. And trying to explain that to the normal person, it, it, it really – It really is incredible the facial looks they give you. And this is what's more and more studies are coming. Like you said, the microdosing is not large amounts to where you're going to feel it, but it's little amounts where you're going to feel just that little change in in yourself to get where you want to go. And especially for those people who are actually writing it all down and tracking it and programming it, they start noticing that in the numbers and everything else.
1: Yeah. And another big thing with microdosing, especially with athletes, is a lot of folks reported. It's easier to access like a flow state, which a lot of people talk about. You're like, what's a flow state? But it's kind of true. It's like you're kind of like less in your head thinking about other things and more just like doing the thing and enjoying it. And time just flies by. Like as a writer, I I "Oh, I wish I could access flow state all the time because sometimes I get off of my desk and spend two hours and I wrote like three thousand words. And I'm like, wow, if I did this all the time, I would be so accomplished. (laughs) But I think like with athletics, with anything, you know, like I've been learning a lot about parents who are accessing this place and how it helps them. I think that's really fascinating. But there's so many, um, and, and it's not like, yeah, you're not like seeing trails in the corner of your eye or whatever. You're just like, being a little bit more present and happy to be here. It's it's hard to explain before you've tried it. Right. And if you have never tried it and you want to try it for working out, I would suggest trying it on the day where you don't have a lot of responsibilities or plans, just in case you take a little too much or it's a little weirder than you thought. <laughs> or, you know, there's, there's so many little things. But once you get used to it, I think you can start using it to optimize other little things in your life. And it's, it's
0: a really beautiful tool. That's incredible. That's incredible. What are you? Are you right- Are you working anything now? What are you writing now? Anything? Can I? Can you, uh, can you spill the beans on it?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm trying to figure some stuff out. I recently left a job as an editor at a psychedelic magazine, and I'm kind of like in a in between place. I I would really like to write a second book, but I'm kind of not ready to. Talk about what it's about yet publicly because I'm still figuring it out. But I am I am really trying to write a second book. So that's hopefully in the works
0: in the next couple of years. That is great. (laughs) If people wanted to get your current books or your current things, where would they actually go to do that?
1: Yeah, um, my book's available mostly anywhere, you know, Amazon, bookshop.org, Indie Bound, local bookstores. I also have a website, Michellejanickian.com, where I sell the book if you want to support me. <laughs> and all my articles and my Instagram and anything, all my old podcast episodes, they're all up on there, too, if you want to follow my work.
0: That is awesome. We're going to put that in the show links when we have everything all set up and everything else. And we'll send it over to you Then you can share our link with everybody as well.
1: I will. Thank you. Michelle,
0: I thank you for coming on the show. It was great. I'd love to talk about everything with the fitness and psychedelics. I love seeing new stuff coming out. So I'm going to be anxious to see what you're going to write about next. So I'll I'll definitely be, I'm still going to be kind of Instagram stalking you. So don't worry about it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Feel free. I really appreciate it. It's uh, Michelle.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Michelle. You have yourself a great day. You too. Thanks again. Hey everybody thank you for listening to the show and like i said at the beginning of the show i'll have some links for you so if you're interested in starting your podcast yourself one of the best places to go is podcast powertrain right now they're doing an, an amazing offer for all their course material if you want to actually help get your uh, show ranked all you got to do is go to gooddudesgrow.com forward slash powertrain and you'll get all the information there also if you're looking for a platform not sure which platform to use to record your show on Riverside FM is the one we use you can also always go to gooddudesgrow.com forward slash riverside check them out and you will not be disappointed again thank you for all listening to the show and we will see you well we'll see you but good dudes grow 2.0 thank you for tuning in if you're still listening to this that means you gained something out of this episode so make sure you share it with a friend. Leave a review and subscribe so you never miss an episode of The Good Dudes Grow 2.0.